Podcast Answer Man, episode number 347. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, everyone. This is Gaius Chamberlain of the Great Black Heroes Podcast. You're listening to Cliff Ravenscraft, the man who has trained me and thousands and thousands of other podcasters. He is not only the podcast answer man, but I am naming him an honorary Great Black Hero. Boom! Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world or if you've been doing this for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and special thank you to my good friend, Gaius Chamberlain, over at greatblackheroes.com. I, I figured I'd play that intro since it is the almost the final day of uh, Black History Month here, and uh, I, it, I'm just I'm honored. I never once in my life thought I'd be uh, uh, an honorary, honorary great black hero, but it, it is quite an honor. Hey, friends, I am excited about today's episode. I am going to be talking with Jared Easley and Gary Leland, who are two members that are behind a conference that I have no doubt that you've heard about called the Podcast Movement. That's right. Uh, In fact, we're going to talk to them in just a little bit, and when we get them on the line, we'll find out what this conference is about why was it created, and whether or not it'd be something you might want to attend. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But before we do, I have two things that I want to bring up to you real quick, or bring up here in the show in the opening before we talk to Gary and Jared. And that is, first and foremost, I just created a very lengthy update to a popular post on my website if you were to go to podcastanswerman.com slash income, this is one of the most highly trafficked, it's probably, I think it's within the top 10 of the most trafficked pages on my website. People will come to it quite often. In fact, I'm going to pull it up right now and I will read the title of the, it's actually a blog post, it's not a podcast episode, it's the, the title of the post is called, Is It Possible to Generate Income directly from your podcasting. Okay, again, this is, is it possible to generate income directly from your podcasting? And of course, this was the original post on this was made on August 26, 2011, and it was, that, it was the result of just being fed up with the number of people who says that nobody can make pod, money from podcasting. It is impossible to, to generate income from podcasting. And I would always try to defend the fact that, yes, you certainly can generate income from your podcasting efforts. And, of course, when I would ever, whenever I would say this, they say, well, wait a second, Cliff, but your podcast, your, your income doesn't necessarily come from directly from your podcasting. You get it from other things like your consulting and coaching and stuff like that. Well, my friends, this podcast or this blog post on my site clearly indicates that yeah i've made quite a bit of income directly tied to my podcasting efforts As a matter of fact uh it actually shares with you my income report from 2010 and it shows a complete breakdown of how much money i was making from all of the different streams of income that was it coming in from my business in 2010. I do think it's important for you to know that I started podcasting five years before this report was uh, ran. So please understand that this stuff did not happen overnight. And uh, it, it that's five years of l- a lot of hard work to get to the level of what you saw on the 2010 report. There are some other things that I want people to understand that, um, you know, while it's possible to generate 
income directly from your podcast. And I had certainly uh, demonstrated that step by step in in my own experience of how that worked out for me and how I've seen it worked out for other, work out for others in this blog post. I will say that you know my mindset has shifted in that there is even greater potential uh, for generating income not directly from your podcast, but by creating a business around your podcast. I did a podcast episode. Uh, on you know should your pod, should your podcast be your occupation is that something that you should pursue and how it can be and it does work out for some and and I believe it if that if that was your heart's desire and you would not accept failure as an option and and you just feel like that's what you need to do and and uh you're just going to go at it kind of like a John Lee Dumas but even John Lee Dumas will tell you that he's built uh you know, quite a bit of products and services around his podcast that that are now making up a majority of his income. So, you know, anyway, I encourage you to check out this this blog post. Uh, what it does is it not only shares with you how I have generated um, income directly from my podcasting efforts. It also shares with you my income streams that are not directly the result of my podcast, but are indirect, such as my products and services outside of my podcasting efforts, but how my podcast, all of those were brought about by the audience that I had gained from my podcasting efforts. And it not only shows my 2010 income report, there is a small income report update or a small update of my income from February of last year. So February 9th, 2013, I did an an update on what my 2012 numbers were. And then last night, I probably spent about three to four hours posting my 2013 income report and showing you just step-by-step exactly where my income is coming from these days as far as in my 2013 year. And how, and and I actually do a side-by-side analysis from 2010 to 2013, and I say, here's my commission income in 2010, this is what my commission income is in 2013, and I give a little brief description on why there's been such a shift, or why it's increased so much, and what I plan, on how I feel like that's going to change in the future. Then there's consulting income, and how it went from, you know, $40,681 and 39 cents in 2010, and why it dropped to only $25,865 in 2013. And of course, there's it's very clear in there why that happened. And that's because I stopped doing one-on-one consulting, uh, except for one client. I had one client last year. Uh, let's see here, digital product sales. I show how much in 2010, how much I made in 2013, uh, equipment sales, I share that information, the breakdown between the two. Sponsorship and advertising, I, I explain why I'm no longer focused in that area. Contributions from listeners, I give you a breakdown of what it's been over all of the years that I've been doing that. And public speaking, my podcast mastermind, podcasting A to Z, online training course, all of it's there. My Even my personal income, you can actually see the total amount of personal income that I made uh, in 2013, all in that blog post at podcastanswerman.com slash income. Again, podcastanswerman.com slash income. I really encourage you, though, if you're going to read this, read it from the beginning to the end. I encourage you to watch the one-hour video that's embedded on that page if you have not seen my story that uh, shares everything from December 2005 through June 2000, I think 11, 2010. Anyway, it's all in the post. Anyway, there's also a couple linked podcast episodes uh, where I, I I say, hey, I strongly encourage you to listen to this episode, and I strongly encourage you to listen to this episode. I encourage you to listen to all of that because uh, the last couple lines um, in my thing in my post here it says, please know that I feel it's very dangerous to see these um, these amazing things listed in the February 2014 update. I want to stress that nothing that I have accomplished has come easy to me. I've taken many risks along this journey and made more sacrifices than most people would be comfortable making. If you are encouraged or inspired by these numbers that I have shared, I very strongly encourage you to watch the entire video uh, embedded above 
titled How Our Podcasting Journey Began, as well as each podcast episode linked in the updates in this post. So anyway, um, you know, I don't share this stuff to to show off. I share it because if you watch the video, this one hour video that I'm talking about, you know that when I started this business, it, it, it didn't get off to the greatest financial start at all. In fact, it was a very difficult year in 2008 where we my total net personal income was $11,000. So if you're interested in that, podcastanswerman.com slash income. Now, we are going to go over to our uh, featured conversation with Gary Leland and Jared Easley here in just a moment. But before I do, I want to actually share one other thing with you. This is a resource of the week, and I want to say thank you to uh, David Dell, who's a good friend of mine. He was a member of the podcast Mastermind for two years that I ran it. And uh, the other day, he invited me to join him on a video conferencing call using a brand new service that I had only just heard about from him, and it's called appear.in. Okay, so appear in, if you will, and it's appear, A-P-P-E-A-R, dot I-N. And if you just go over there, it's absolutely free, and the cool thing about it is it requires no download at all. Now, you do need either a Chrome browser or a, I think, Firefox browser, or I think they also work with that, I think it's Opera or whatever. But anyway, Chrome or Firefox, those two are other browsers that it will work in. It does not work on iOS, but I did notice that it does work on my Chrome browser on my Nexus 7. So it's a peer.in and it allows you to do up to eight video um, conference call, or eight person video conference call. You can switch it to audio only if you want to. Um, you know, it really, it's, it's pretty simple. It, it seriously does not require any plugins. It doesn't require any downloads. You just, inv- you create a room for free. You invite people to come join that room and you're having a video conference call with up to eight people. I like it a little bit more than Skype. I like it a little bit more than Google plus, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they take this service but it's a peer.in. I think you guys should go check it out. Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start? You could have your own high quality podcast online in just under four weeks. Even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works. Intrigued? 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 Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. Podcastinga2z.com. All right, everybody, I am on the line with Gary Leland, Jared Easley right now. Uh, we're going to talk about the podcast movement. Before I do, I got to tell you, I just had Skype completely bomb on me for the very first time in a very long time. Uh, I, gosh, I would have expected what just happened to happen all the time back in 2006, early 2007. But uh, lately, I've never had any problems with Skype. And it just so happens that I was telling you all about appear.in. And it came to rescue us. It came to save the day. And if you want to hear how things are going to sound, if you were to use a peer.in as an opportunity to do your interviews with folks, uh, well, you're going about you're about ready to hear that. So Gary and uh, Jared, we're going to talk about the podcast movement. Uh, Gary, thanks for coming on to the show. Oh, like I said, honored, honored to be on the podcast answer man show. I feel like I've arrived. <laughs> and I was, you know, I I, I, I was uh, saying before, and of course, this is the second time we're recording because of uh, issues, uh, technical issues. But uh, anyway, the reality is, is I used to listen to your podcasts about podcasting when you did the roundtable with a bunch of the, you know, early pioneers in podcasting years ago, way before I even thought about doing podcast consulting. So it's kind of 
fun to be a part of this podcasting with uh, Rob Walsh, Bob, Paul Coggin, and Todd. Dave Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. Also on the line with us, a great friend of mine. I think most everybody that knows Podcast Answer Man also knows Jared Easley. Jared, how are you, man? Cliff, I'm doing great, and I'm impressed with Appear.in, and I think we may need a session at the podcast movement about Appear.in. It is totally awesome. It saved our butts here today. So I'll tell you what. So there is Gary Leland and Jared Easley, but I know that uh, there are two other folks who are part of the uh, leadership team of this brand new conference called the Podcast Movement. Uh, Gary, you want to tell me about who those folks are? Yeah, we have Mitch Todd, who's a a local Dallas guy, real heavy on the tech scene here, and Dan Franks, who's also from Dallas. He does the Entrepreneur Showdown, and then Jared and myself. Excellent. So whose idea was it to create a new national conference in Dallas for podcasting? Well, I'll raise my hand there, Gary, because I... I had this initial thought it would be nice to have a big get together for podcasters and ideally an event. And it seemed like coming out of NMX, everyone loves NMX and supports NMX. And I, I'm in that camp, but uh, it'd be nice to just have a, an event for podcasters. And so, yeah, I started talking to some people about that. And Dan Franks was one of them. And, and then uh, we talked to Gary, who Gary's organized PodCamp Dallas for several years. And and then it just evolved from there. Dallas seemed like a reasonable place to have it because they've supported podcasting events in the past. And, and yeah, we started having the conversations and what if, and, and then here we are. Excellent. And what, what about the name Podcast Movement? What, what was the thought behind creating such a, a bold title or name for the conference? <laughs> well, process of elimination was definitely part of it, but, but, it, we see this movement in podcasting. Cliff, I've heard your keynote. You've been to a lot of really big conferences and spoken about the power of podcasting. And it is a movement where just thousands of people are are, are starting podcasts or, or, excuse me, thousands of people are listening to podcasts. And it's a great way. It's that small haystack like you talk about. And so it, how nice would it be to link arms with a bunch of fellow podcasters and, and help each other, help that person that wants to start their podcast, help that person who has a podcast take that to the new level as you'd say cliff and just have a big event where people can be encouraged and and grow their show and get that started and and just have a big community support each other now i hope you guys don't mind me asking this question but i mean did you why did you feel that there was a need to do something like this when new media expo is a place that offers a lot of that opportunity uh, for as one place where all podcasters were gathered what why the need for a new conference Gary you want to speak to that? I'll take it I just I just don't want to step on anybody so yeah uh, you know Dallas is like a great location to do things at first of all you know the prices are right here for people coming to flying in the rooms are right this is just an excellent location it's in the middle of the country so that was a given to start with then also i felt like while new, new media expo is a great event i like it we've offered them a table at our uh, event we're not like trying to compete with them even though we may in some way that's not our goal i thought there was a room for uh different levels of tracks i felt like a lot of the tracks at podcast at new media expo were Beginner tracks, bloggers trying to learn how to get into podcasting is not as many advanced tracks. And so by focusing just on podcasting, we can have tracks of different level. And I'm sorry, there's a phone ringing in the background. I, I'm in my office. I can't do anything. Oh, don't about worry about that. But, that. but uh, we're able to offer, I think, more levels of people to people about podcasting from beginners to advanced. And I think that was our goal is to, to take it to take what they're doing, which is good. But now take it to the next level for people who aren't necessarily interested in other social media. They want to focus on podcasting. Right. You know, I I just want to say for the record for folks who are listening to me, this was something you guys were working on and creating uh, before you brought it to my attention. And I think it was, was it January 26th that you first uh, invited me to come and participate as a speaker at at the event, Jared? Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. And and I and I just want that for the record. I want to. I don't want. I mean, this obviously is an announcement that's coming. You know that the. Oh, by the way, I don't think I announced it. I actually am have invite uh, have accepted the invitation to be a keynote speaker. There are going to be four keynote speaking uh, opportunities there, 
our keynotes at the event, and I have uh, accepted the invitation. So thank you guys for that. So that's an announcement here today is that I am going to be at the conference and I will be keynoting there as well. Um, but with this announcement and then, of course, coming you know back to back with the announcement I made last week that I'm stepping down from New Media Expo, I just want to just put out there for my community, I want you to know that I had absolutely nothing to do with the planning of this event. I had no idea it was happening until January 26th. And even uh, January 26th, when I was first invited, um, I actually turned down the offer uh, to to keynote at the event immediately because of the fact that I thought it might present some kind of conflict of interest with my role as the director of podcasting for New Media Expo. Now, of course, you know, Jared and I had some great conversation about that and and uh, questioning, you know, why is this a new conference? Is it com- is it competing with New Media Expo? Just because of my own inter- internal conflicts of, you know, I have this goal and everything with this position that I'm working in. And yet at the same time, I, I think that your Kickstarter campaign, uh, which we'll talk about in just a moment, demonstrated that there, the community actually does want another event and that they're in through conversations I've had with people in my mastermind and stuff like that. They said, you know, there's the podcasting space can support and should support multiple events in multiple locations. So, you know, it, it, it's been a process, but I just want to say for the record, if anybody's thinking there's, you know, this wasn't something that I've been a part of. I just, I, you know, I see that people are definitely wanting a conference like the podcast movement. And um, it, it just so happens that, you know, through the conversations and some of my goals and of course, most of uh, everything that I shared in the episode last week is why I stepped down from New Media Expo's time. I, I, I'm kind of glad that I don't have to do any of the planning of these tracks and inviting of people for this particular conference. You guys are doing all the work. So I got all of that out of the way. But um, who wants to talk about the Kickstarter campaign? Where did that I- idea come from? And uh, what what do you guys think about your experience with it so far? Jerry, you take that because I, I had nothing to do with that <laughs> idea. Uh, they came up with that idea. I don't even know who came up with it. So I'm going to let Jared take that. Uh, Cliff, you're you're always encouraging people to find ways to to be smart and how they pursue their business and validate ideas. And we've heard that from Pat Flynn as well. And we were considering how can we create an event, but also make sure that the market, in this case, podcasters would welcome that or encourage that participate. And we thought Kickstarter would be a, a nice way to know for sure if this event is valid. I mean, we could just assume that people want it and go create, you know, different price points and put it out there and maybe p- people jump on it. But we like the idea of Kickstarter because in addition of of raising that that money through different rewards that we've provided, uh, it also provides a little bit of marketing. So there's social media aspects to that and there's people that find the podcast movement that necessarily wouldn't find it through our, our normal posting through Facebook or, or through different social media channels and through our podcast. So yeah, I, I think the Kickstarter was basically a validation tool to see, hey, do people really want this? And if they do, are they going to commit financially to it? And we found that they will. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking at this. By the way, folks, if you guys want to, you can go to podcastmovement.com. Again, that's podcastmovement.com. At the time that I'm recording this, that domain actually forwards to Kickstarter and the actual Kickstarter project, where currently there are 165 backers. The actual goal for uh, having a successful funded campaign was only $11,000. Obviously, it takes more than $11,000 to to put on a conference, uh, especially. Yeah, yeah, we're still in the hole. <laughs> but but this was just to prove, you know, is this this is just to prove to yourselves as organizer, is there interest in this? And yes. so even, and of course now you've got 15 days left to go in the campaign and you've already raised $20,606, uh, which is pretty impressive, uh, I must say, to to have this as a just a grassroots effort from the ground up and, and just filling a need that you guys felt that was there. 20606 is pretty awesome. But again, as you said, even at 20000 you're still not in the, in the black yet on this one. Uh, but... You, there's still 15 days to go, but at this point, where are you guys moving in um, the planning of of how this goes? Do you still want everybody to successfully come to, uh, or do you still want folks to come to Kickstarter where Kickstarter gets a percentage 
of those ticket prices that you might have? Uh, or are you still in, you know, is that an encouragement that you guys want people to do who are listening right now? Or do you want to wait until the official tickets are available where you guys get a, a bigger cut? I, I think we're split on that in the group. <laughs> I think I'm the lone dissenter that's going, hey, maybe we need to quit pushing this so much. <laughs> Everybody else is like, no, let's push it, push it. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, I think this is going to work out real well. Let me just slow it down for 15 days. <laughs> so whatever way it works is fine. We just want it to happen. And if it all comes in on Kickstarter, that's fine. If it all comes in after Kickstarter, that's fine. Just quick question. I, I have not yet done a, a Kickstarter campaign. What is their cut that they get? I think it's 10%. Yeah, I believe that so. Right, yeah. I believe I, so. I haven't done it. Uh, Dan set it up, but I think that's yep. what he told me. All right. So 10, 10% is not bad. And the, and the reality yeah, credit is... Credit cards would be 3%, you know, right there. So so here's the question. I mean, obviously, you've got your funding. Have you guys thought about... Even... I, know, I, I agree. If it all people continue to go to... Kickstarter, but have you thought about the fact that, you know, going ahead and creating whatever ticket process you're going to have after the campaign has ended, have you thought about going ahead and opening up where people can purchase tickets directly uh, even before the campaign ends so that people have a choice? And if they go through Kickstarter to kind of boost that up, that's fine. And it, or they have the other ones. Have you guys thought about that? I haven't. Have you, Jared? <laughs> yeah, we have actually, Cliff. And, and we're looking at different platforms to, to move on to after Kickstarter. We have not made that final decision yet, but that's coming really soon. But there will be opportunities for people to purchase through the podcastmovement.com. All right. Or podcastmovement.com. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what, I, here's what I'll commit to doing. Um, if you guys go to podcastanswerman.com on my website, in my sidebar... Um, at, when I publish this later today, there will be a an image where it says my next speaking gigs, and it will have an image of the of me, and it says C Cliff at the you know the podcast movement. If you click that link, uh, for now it'll take you to Kickstarter, where you can go ahead and purchase your ticket uh, via Kickstarter, and that is certainly going to give you a lot of different options. There's still plenty of different options for you to to get in as. Um, let's see the least expensive you can get in right now, I think is $79. Is that right? Right. And all of these prices go up after Kickstarter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I just want to tell people that cause I don't want them coming back a month from now going, Oh, I wish I'd known. Oh yeah. So there you go. There, there's a reason why you would probably want to get on the Kickstarter. Uh, so anyway, $79 is the least expensive. Of course, if you want to contribute more, uh, as, there are actually more benefits of some of the higher, uh, pledge amounts that you have there. Go to the Kickstarter page and, and do that. However, once the Kickstarter campaign has ended, or if you tell me that there's a different uh, ticket option you want to push from this point forward, what I'll do is I'll just change the coding on the image in my sidebar to whatever it is you guys want me to do. So for those of you who are listening right now, if you want to come to the podcast movement uh, the conference, I encourage you to go to podcastanswerman.com. Just click the link on the right-hand side. It's not an affiliate link at this point, and I'm not really concerned about that. But if you want to sign up, uh, I encourage you to do so. And I guess Gary just pointed out the, the best reason for you to do it is to get in at the early bird pricing over there. But um, tell me a little bit about the conference. So it's going to be August 16th and 17th. I had to get permission from my wife to uh, push our anniversary celebration back a week. <laughs> Because hey, my, my daughter's having her, my first grandkid on the first of August, so that better not get pushed back, or I'm in big trouble. <laughs> so it's August 16th and 17th in Dallas, Texas. Tell us a little bit about the venue. I'll let you Go tell ahead. about that, Jerry. Oh, okay. Uh, well, well, actually, you live in Dallas, so I'll let okay, you. Uh, it's, speak a, it's, to that. A, it's a great little venue, you know. With this being a first year event and us planning this, it's hard. It was hard for us to know where to go, how this would work, what size venue to get. So this is a, a medium-sized venue. It'll hold 400 people with the way we have it set up for rooms. It's within walking distance of some of the hotels. It's in, you know, Dallas, as you know, you've been here, is really spread out. Uh, there's not a lot of places you can hold something and be within walking distance of activities, you know, like in the evening if people want to go out to eat or go do something. Where this is in Addison, which provides a great experience for that. There must be more restaurants and bars per capita in Addison than anywhere in, in Texas. I mean, everything's within walking distance there. Uh, as far as for vendors, when they're renting tables, which will have tables, not booths, they can actually 
the way it's laid out, the conference, they actually walk into the booth area is surrounding the conference halls. So they will get lots of exposure too. So if people want to visit and see that stuff, every time they go there, they're going to see that stuff. We're not going to have people who are jumping out trying to sell them transistor radios and stuff every time they walk by, you know, so it'll be a nice experience there for that too. Um, but, but all in all, this is a great place to have a, a thing at. Um, I've been to two different events here and I've enjoyed both of them. So that's why we went with this one. Awesome. And so you, you just said something very interesting to me. You said that you, it'll, the capacity is about 400 people. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that is that is there one room that holds 400 people or is it has collapsible walls when all the walls are down? It's probably 520 people, you know. So for the keynotes, what we'll do is we'll open it up as one big room. Uh, and then have the keynotes and then we'll have after the two keynotes, we'll have a short break around lunch or something. Then they'll redo the uh, conference as four and turn all the chairs sideways as four different uh, session areas. Gotcha. So the reason why I ask is and that and this is important for people to take note of this and get your tickets as soon as possible. I'm looking right here on your on your page. I see there's 165 backers already. And then what I see is that uh, 13 of those backers are at $10 or more, which means that those people aren't necessarily purchasing or getting tickets to the event. Then there's um, 38 backers to the $29 or more, which those folks are getting a media ticket. So they'll get the recordings of the event, but aren't necessarily going to be there. That means 51 of your 165 people actually don't have a ticket. However, if you take 165 minus those 51, that's 114 people. And yes, folks, I just did math live on my podcast, but I do have a trusty calculator in my hand. So that's 114 of the 400 capacity that are already attending the event. So my guess, Gary, this is going to sell out. Yes, it is. And and, and to be totally frank with you, um, that's a good word. I'm trying to think of a new word for totally honest, you know, because I have a hard time with that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been lying up to that point. I'm finally gonna be honest. I'm having a hard time coming up with that. I'm using Frank right now. So, so be- stop being Gary. You be Frank right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to be frank with you, Cliff, I am getting a price today from another venue that's two blocks away. That's a hotel conference center, which we didn't know if we would be able to to, to handle, you know, that to begin with. And uh, we still don't know that we can. But if it's tickets keep going up since it's only a block away, we may end up, if it keeps at this rate, moving it over there so that we can hold maybe 150 people per session instead of 100 per session approximately. You know, it's a nice venue. It's a nice hotel conference center. Um, I like it a lot. Dan and I went by Saturday and looked at it because we kind of all of a sudden realized this thing's going to sell out. I mean, like yeah. flash. And then there's going to be people wanting to come that can't. Well, is that a, so, the question is, is that a bad thing? No, no, it's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. Don't get me wrong. It, it's wor- very it, good it works for Chris Gillaboo. I, I know that. Yeah, we talk, I talked to the uh, conference center. I finally was able to talk to the right person yesterday. They uh, are supposed to get me pricing today. And I kind of like the conference center because people can um, go to their room and just go straight to the conference. You know, it's not uh, traveling down the street to go to the conference center. So I'm hoping that it works out for us. But I'll, I'll know more today. But that's just something we're, we're working on as a backup in case this turns out to be as fantastic as it's looking. Yeah. Now, you guys, I'm looking here at the list of speakers. I mean, you've got all the big names in podcasting that are going to be there. Uh, Jamie Tardy's there, Evo Terra, Jeff Brown, Todd Cochran, um, Daryl Darnell, Jared Easley is going to be there. I'm so excited. Uh, (laughs) these These are all speakers, by the way. John Lee Dumas, Elsie Escobar, Eric Fisher, Dan Franks, Rob Greenlee, Dave Hamilton, Dan and Vanessa, uh, Daniel and Vanessa Hayes, uh, Greg Hickman, Dave Jackson. I mean, the list keeps going on and on and on. I mean, this. I mean, it's it's really it is the it is the folks that you see in the top ranked um, podcast in iTunes are going to be there speaking at this conference, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. So I, I'm thankful that you guys came on. I'm glad that you guys saw a need for this felt strongly about it, moved forward, took action, and it looks like it's going to be a huge uh, success all the way around, and uh, I can't wait to go. And I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, please go to podcastmovement.com or go to podcastanswerman.com and click on the image in the sidebar. Uh, anything else you guys want to say that I didn't ask about that you, want, that you think is important for uh, people to know about the conference? 
I'll say that, hey, I'm just real blunt with people. This is our first conference we've ever done. We're all capable people. We have the contacts, evidently. We know something about podcasting the crowd. But we're probably going to mess up something. So be ready. But when we do, we're going we're gonna to fix it immediately and apologize. So I'm just up front with people. We're going to put on the best we can, but don't get upset if we mess up and make a minor mistake because we will correct it. I'm saying that up front because I there know this is, our fir- this is our first one. You know? Cliff, and I would say for the, for the person who's interested in starting a podcast, this is a great place to connect with a lot of smart people in person where they can get some really good advice and, and be encouraged. And then for the person who already has their show that really wants to continue to develop that, again, and great networking, good sessions, good takeaways. So this is a, a wonderful place for people to come together and, and be with a community of, of like-minded podcasters, and, and everybody wants to continue to raise the bar. And so it's just a fantastic opportunity in August in Dallas. I hope that they'll consider coming out. The, the, the price point is, is still very reasonable. So this is a, a very good value for what's going on. That is awesome. You know, I talked to last night I was on another show being interviewed and the host said, I ah, wish he could go. But, you know, he really can't uh, afford him and his co-host. I said, you know, flights to Dallas are pretty cheap. You ought to look at Southwest. And while he was on the show, he, went and he goes, gosh, I can get there for 180 bucks round trip from D.C. I'm, I'm going. So this is a very <laughs> reasonable place to fly into is what I'm saying. So if people are price conscious. This is a good thing for them. Very good. Well, I am so excited for you guys. I, I'm happy to to say and announce to everybody that I, I am keynoting there. I thank you guys for the opportunity and the invitation, and uh, I look forward to being there. I look forward to seeing many of my folks in the community there, and uh, I guess I'll see you both in August. Adios, then. Thank you. All righty. Well, my friends, I am going to go ahead and slowly wrap things up here for this show but uh, before I do, I, I just got to give you a debriefing. That was awesome being able to use appear.in on the fly. If you guys don't get anything else out of this, which I do, I hope you do. I hope that, number one, you go over and, and get a ticket for the podcast movement conference. I look forward to seeing you in Dallas. But if nothing else, man, go and over to appear.in and check out the service. Now, uh, after we got finished recording there, I paused the recording for a little bit and we had a little chat. So some questions they were asking is, number one, can this record your your audio? Can it record your video and give you a file? Appear.in is not set up to do that. Maybe down the road they might have some functionality like that. But right now, this is all appear.in does. It gives you video conferencing. That is it. it. It it allows you to basically what you could do is create a permalink. So for example, I own uh appear.in slash podcast answer man. I actually claimed a couple others as well, but appear.in slash podcast answer man. And all I do is I give that link to anybody that I want to have a video conference with and if they click that link and they have a, a Chrome browser or a Firefox browser it no download required. It just immediately works, and it works very well. Uh, the other thing that to know about Appear.in is that it will allow you up to eight people. Is what they recommend. No more than eight people. Uh, it doesn't say that there's a limit of eight people. So I, I probably will get on here uh, in a little bit and try this with some folks and see if I can get more than eight people in the room. Actually, let me try that right now. Hold on one second. <laughs> All right, we are back, my friends. That was fun. Uh, I, you know, what, that's one of the things I love about having a live chat room every now and then. Uh, we had uh, quite a sizable audience in the chat watching live, and I'm like, this is the best time to see if I can get more than eight people. Okay, so here's the deal: you can get eight people into your room, and once you get to eight people. Uh, new people who try to come into your room will get a message that says that it is full. All right, so that is a good thing to know about this appear.n service. The other thing is that um, you can claim a room. So these rooms are open to anybody, uh, and you can type in appear.n slash anything, and that should be a room unless somebody's already claimed it. You can choose anything you want. But once you're there, what if you got a URL that you found that you like, you want to use, you can click a little option up the top and it'll give you the ability to claim the room. And you can give it a password and put in your email address and that room uh, now belongs to you. 
as the owner of the room, one of the things that you are able to do is, number one, you can lock the room. Locking the room is basically like locking the door. Nobody can get in. So as I said, anybody who has your URL can just pop in if the room is unlocked, even if you're not there. So if I want to, I, I've claimed podcast answer man, or I, I've claimed appear.in slash uh, podcast answer man. And if I leave it unlocked, even though I cl- I've claimed the room, if I leave it unlocked, you guys would be able to go there and meet with each other whenever you want. Now, you know, I could see where that could be useful in some scenarios. And maybe for some of you, that might be something you want to do. Uh, but the, you know, for me, I'm just going to go ahead and keep that locked when I'm not using it. And when I do want to use it and I want to invite, you know, two or three people in or something like that, I can get wait until they get into the room and then I can lock the door or close the door behind them so nobody else can pop in on us. Another interesting thing about appear.in, and I'm going to just read how it actually says this on the site. So give me just a second here to pull up their web page. If I scroll down to the bottom, uh, it says here peer to peer. It says appear.in uses peer-to-peer communication, meaning that the web, the video streams are sent directly between you and the people you are talking to. Nothing is stored on our server and all communication is encrypted over SSL. All right, now here's the deal. Even with all of that said, I would never say or share anything that you wouldn't want out on the internet anywhere. It's always been my own personal feelings on on any of this communication and of course who knows what the nsa is listening to anywhere everywhere so uh certainly you don't want to use this to plan your spouse's surprise birthday party because she might be listening in as well who knows but supposedly it's it's all encrypted it's over uh an https uh ssl um secure connection encrypted connection and it's also peer to peer now that what i love about that is that you are directly connecting to the person or people that you are in the room with. Uh, It does allow up to eight people, as I said, and uh, it does it pretty well. Now, the more people you have, the buggier it can be. And this is actually even on one of their FAQs, I saw this, where some of the quality is gonna depend on the overall bandwidth of everybody, or the average bandwidth of everybody that's on the call. So keep that in mind. But from everything that I've done, and I've been playing with this a little bit here and there, with several different people in a couple different scenarios, and the audio and video quality are both really good. I don't like the fact that it doesn't give you 16 by nine video. Even though I have an HD cam, it gives a kind of a more squarish kind of, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like four by three video um, instead of your 16 by nine, but that's that's neither here nor there. You can, if you want to, create a, oh, let me tell you some other things you can do about this if you're playing around. If you have uh, a couple people, let's just say you have two or let's say there are three other people on the call with you, you have the ability to click a little maximize video screen button, which will make that video bigger than the other videos on the screen. And of course, you can do that on a click on that little maximize button and it'll make that video bigger and make the other one smaller. So you can manually make that happen if you like. The other thing is, is let's just say you wanna change the order. Let's just say there are eight people on your screen and you want a certain number of people at the top of your screen uh, and you want a certain number of people on the bottom screen and you you wanna move yourself to the bottom right. You can actually pick, you can click on a video and drag and drop it onto another video and it will switch the position of where those videos are. So you can organize where people show up in the in the layout of the videos that are on the screen. This could be a great way for you to do video screened, uh, you know, video screen uh, capture interviews if you want to. Now, I'm not a fan of video interviews at all. I hate them. But if you wanted to pull off something like that, this software, as I said before, does not have any recording capabilities. It will not, it, there's nothing there to to record your audio. There is nothing there right now to record your video. But if you have ScreenFlow on the Mac, or I think it's Camtasia on the Mac or PC, uh, if you're on a Mac though, go with ScreenFlow, unless you already forked over the cache for the 
Camtasia. And if you are on a Mac and you've already forked over the cache on Camtasia, you probably would still want to get ScreenFlow because it's better. But um, anyway, the, the reality is, is you could use ScreenFlow to record the video and audio. Uh, Gary said, is this something that I could broadcast out to the folks who are watching me? Well, the software itself does not have any broadcasting features. It's not Google Hangouts where it broadcasts Hangouts on air. However, if you have, let's just say, like Ustream producer, uh, and it has, and Ustream has the ability to capture what's over on your screen and broadcast it out, well, just go full screen on your browser with everybody in it, and yeah, you can broadcast that out. Uh, same thing is, you know, Cam Twist is some software that I use that will pick up any section of the uh, video that's showing on my screen as well. So that's a possibility there. So yeah, they, there there are some options now. It has they says we ha- they actually say here it says developers we have an API visit our developer pages pages at appear.in.github.com uh, and they have a couple other. It says the API is still early stage it's in its early stage and highly under documented but you can sign up on our developer mailing list to be kept updated on future development for now you can play around with what we've got so looks like some ability for folks to create plugins for chrome or in firefox where you could have a plugin that will allow you to record the video a plugin that will allow you to record the audio i would imagine that's going to happen in the future um yeah, and and oh, by the way, if the if the developers of Appear.in are hearing my review of this uh, in this podcast episode, uh, the one thing I will tell you is that as a as a participant in a room, you have the ability to turn off your video, uh, so that it's not or turn off your camera, so it's not sharing your camera, and you can talk audio only to the people who are in the room, and uh, the folks who are are in the room they will just see uh, where your video should be it'll be a little grayed out box right now that says audio only um so that works uh jared when i was talking with gary and jared uh jared was on with audio only and by the way if you're doing if you're going to use a peer.in for an audio interview in a replacement of skype especially if skype kind of messes up with you uh as it did for me today which was weird uh, it is a. It, I would recommend that you actually have everybody turn off their cameras so it doesn't use any bandwidth and actually get that really good high quality audio that way. Um, I think I have already mentioned that this does not work on iOS, but it does actually work on the Android platform. At least my Nexus 7 didn't have any problem uh, having it work, and uh, that was cool. What else did I want to share with you? Oh, the one thing I will tell you is that as the owner of the room, Oh, by the way, as a participant of the room, if you're not the owner, if you hover over a video right now as I'm recording this, it actually says kick. And that means kick the person out of the room. Well, you can't do that unless you claim the room or own the room. Now, as the owner of the room, I have the ability to, number one, lock the room and keep people from joining in. And I also have the ability to kick out anybody in the room that I want to kick out. The one thing that I wish that I, as the owner of the room that I had, I wish I had the ability to mute the other people in the room. So, for example, there might have been a time when I was talk, listening to Eric uh, talk, but uh, Gary's got his internal microphone on and, you know, he goes to lean over and reach something. And his chair makes a squeaking noise. If I wanted to, or if I had the ability to, I would have actually clicked the mute button so that Gary's microphone would have been muted and then I could have unmuted that. Um, I should have, until that feature is there, if I was going to do what I just did with Gary and Jared again, I would probably start off before I hit the record button, ask them both, please click your mute button and only unmute when you're about to say something and then immediately remute yourself afterwards. So that's something that I'll do as a workaround until that comes around. But anyway, appear.in, absolutely awesome. And wow, I'm glad that uh, I was able to bring that to you today. So there you go. Today's episode, uh, two really big announcements. Number one, I will be keynoting at the podcast movement. And I know that I've received a ton of emails, a ton of Twitter messages, a ton of Facebook messages. Are you going to the podcast movement, Cliff? 
Well, I wanted to wait until work out all the details over the last couple of weeks. And uh, the answer to that question is absolutely. I am going to the podcast movement. I will be in Dallas, Texas during my 18th wedding anniversary. And Stephanie is staying behind because it'll be my daughter's uh, first day in high school during that time as well. But uh, I will be there and I will be keynoting and I'm very excited about that. And I look forward to seeing you there in Dallas, Texas. Go to podcastmovement.com. Also, podcasting A to Z. As I am recording this, it is Thursday, February 27th, 2014. And I'm only one day away from the end, the, the final day of my 15th podcasting A to Z online training course. In fact, a lot of my A to Z students are in the chat room right now watching live. And I am so excited. I'll be sharing on Facebook some of the wonderful podcasts that have been put into iTunes already and the ones that will be put in later this evening and tomorrow. Wonderful, wonderful content's being created. 30 students, 30 students in this course. And I have no doubt that by the end of tomorrow, at least 17 of them will be launched. And the rest of those students should have a podcast within the next 30 days, depending on when their actual release schedule is. Some of them had come into the course expecting to publish their first podcast after the course had ended. So anyway, my next course comes up uh, starting on Monday, April 7th. I've already got three people signed up for that session. I do suspect it will fill up and sell out. I plan Monday to be my first day where I market it to the folks who are on my early notification list. Then I will send out an email to my mailing list and I do expect it to fill out. So if you're interested in signing up for Podcasting A to Z, go to podcastinga2z.com. If you sign up before March 15th, you can use the promo code EARLY500. That's EARLY500 and you will save $500 off the cost of the course. So there you go. Uh, Oh, one more thing. Uh, Do I have time for it? Yes. Let me just say real quick thank you to ClarkGaither.com, YourFitnessPodcast.com, and TheAntiEcho.com. Those three domains were uh, used to set up in a Bluehost affiliate account, uh, account or hosting account with Bluehost. As you guys know, when you use my affiliate link with Bluehost, I get a very generous commission. So thank you to those of you who do that. If you want to learn about my thoughts on hosting, go over to PodcastAnswerMan.com slash hosting. Everything.